Bobby Broccoli. Ding dong. <laughs> Oh, it's Italian American Kobe Broccoli. <laughs> His family were the uh, the people that brought broccoli to America. Eh, we love our steamed vegetables here, <laughs> us broccoli, eh? Broccoli pizza. Because we are Italian American. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our most racist thing. Hold on. Um. Hello, welcome to Diminishing Returns. That, that of course, was another patented Tomo uh, opening sent in to us. Thank you, Tomo. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Wait, wait, can I do that but sound more sincere? You can cut that bit <laughs> out. But I know he works hard. <clears throat> Thanks. No, That sounded less sincere. <laughs> the first one sounded perfectly sincere. Oh, okay. Well, it was sincere. I just, I thought it sounded sarcastic. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Getting less sincere with each one. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Oh man. Yes, thank you, Tomo fellows, uh, for your your continued efforts. I very Thanks. much enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> but surely, if Cubby Broccoli is in our theme tune, this must be a Bond episode. Yes, yes. it is. Yes, yes. Uh, which one is it? For your eyes only. It feels like a uh, while since we've talked about only. Bond. But yeah, the last one was Moonraker. Who are we? Oh, right. Yeah, I'm Calvin. Hey, Calvin. Hello. Number one Bond expert on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm Alan. I'm the number three Bond expert on YouTube. <laughs> 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 what does that mean you, Sol? Well, of course, I'm Carby Broccoli. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Has he brought his minions today? <laughs> I I do not remember I do not remember talking about broccoli pizza, but apparently that <laughs> happened in a previous episode. I vaguely remember going, "Hey yo, oh, it's coming broccoli." That's about it. Well, he he is back producing again. Uh, his twelfth Bond film. Ooh. Yes, and uh, the thing that often gets is this the said about Bond film? Is he done all of them so far, or did he step in partway through? That's one. Uh, all of the official ones, yeah. yes. Okay, but but this is his third one solo. Uh, the first nine he did in partnership with Harry Saltzman. I believe we talked about this solo yes. on a previous podcast, which is. Did what you know that Harry Harry Saltzman's family were the ones who introduced salt to America? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the thing that often gets said about For Your Eyes Only is that it's the Bond film that brought it back down to Earth. Because, of course, after things got very silly with Moonraker... Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Well, no. This is the one that's pointed to... Oh my... Like, alright. No, it's a a joke that... Well, it's not even a joke, really. But it's the thing that people say because the previous one was in space. space. And And then this one one opens with him dropping a paraplegic man from a helicopter (laughs) down a chimney. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing him down to Earth with a mighty thud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they they did scale things back a bit. (laughs) Shall we start with that? (laughs) All right, yeah. What do you make of the pre-credit sequence? Because we haven't seen Blofeld. In a while. Before that, 
We see James Bond visiting the grave of a woman that he never met. Yes, Teresa. Oh. Teresa Bond. Now, isn't your mother called Teresa, Calvin? <laughs> yes. What kind <laughs> of connection are you trying to make here? I mean, I'm not entirely sure, but that is, there's got to be something going on there, right? <laughs> anyway, yes, it's, a, it's hearkening back to... This is a new director now, John Glenn, who was an editor on several of the previous Bond films. And oh, the idea behind this opening sequence was... That you could, you could just pick this up after on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the George Lazenby one, and I guess John Glenn didn't really like Diamonds Are Forever, so we just ignore that and uh, pick up with Blofeld from here. Because if you remember, Blofeld at the end of that film was in a neck brace, and in this no, one he that. has a neck brace as well. What do you mean, Blofeld? Blofeld's not in this film. Well, legally he isn't. Legally, it's what accredited as like bald man in wheelchair. Bald. Disabled man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of all the legal stuff, they couldn't actually have Blofeld, so they just had a bald man in with a cat in a wheelchair. And I, I'm surprised that they even went back to like they felt like they needed to wrap that up, given how they don't really care about continuity much. So I was, yeah, still surprised but about that. Is, but also in this whole scene, they've got. A man playing Blofeld, but they can't show his face because they don't want to say that it's actually Blofeld as a different actor. But he's also really badly dubbed. Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah. But they've also got Roger Moore climbing on a helicopter and can't show his face because it's just... <laughs> so it's the most bizarrely filmed action scene ever. Uh, like, the mm. dubbing on on uh, Blofeld is awful. Like, he keeps going, ha, 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 but his body's, like, perfectly stationary. And it's like, <laughs> look, if you're laughing, you're probably moving a little bit. It's just... got a bad uh... neck. Yeah, it's got a bad neck. You're right. You're right. They feel like they need to wrap that up. It's a nice bit of continuity, I think. Well, um... <laughs> if by wrap up you mean they just kind of remind you that it was never wrapped up and isn't particularly well wrapped <laughs> up here. <laughs> well, was this was this Cubby Broccoli's way of going, what, you think just because you've got the rights to Blofeld, I'm, I care? That was exactly you. it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm killing this character off just to say, I'm never going to buy this character rights back from you. Yeah, yeah. And until his did. children did oh. uh, later on. They betrayed his memory after he was oh, dead. The Broccoli mm. dynasty. <laughs> So what happens? He, James Bond gets in a helicopter. Yep. Then the helicopter man, he's listening to music. He turns the volume up too loud and goes, Ah, my ears! And it kills him. <laughs> and then uh, Blofeld kicks in and goes, Ah, I've got a remote control. It's, <laughs> yes. You're, my, you're in my helicopter. And now he's going to toy around with him. We don't know if the helicopter... I assume that the helicopter... Yeah, the helicopter pilot was in on it because Blofeld says something about, oh, one of my less vital hench people. Blofeld's operation seems to have um, diminished somewhat from, you know, a, a hollowed-out volcano with an army in it <laughs> to <laughs> a helicopter pilot. But if his, if the guy was in on it, couldn't he have just told him to, like, just fly around like a madman for a bit and then, like, shoot James Bond or, like, jump out and use the one parachute and leave it to crash. Or just shoot James Bond. I mean, yeah. I have to set off. I, I was really annoyed with how stupidly elaborate and giving Bond an opportunity to escape the whole thing was. But he does say, like, oh, I'm going to enjoy every minute of this. <laughs> and I thought, okay, at least they're kind of justifying it as, like, a character flaw that this guy is just going to do stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah. What what I don't think is particularly justified in any way, unless I miss something, is um, his 
bartering methods. <laughs> yeah. Um, is James Bond ever... You saying he should have started bigger or something? <laughs> well, yeah. has, has James Bond ever hinted that maybe he'd like to open up a delicatessen one day? A nice stainless <laughs> steel one stainless that never steel. rusts? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have Cubby Broccoli to thank for that line. It was... Uh... Hey! Oh! Not that a guy would like more in this world than a nice, you know, New York delicatessen, eh? <laughs> but, sh- but, but, Cubby, the hey. latest fashion for delicatessens is all stainless steel. Hey, I know this, man, I know. You don't want to get your delicatessen all covered in rust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stainless steel is the future. You have it done in chrome. <laughs> mm, it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a Cubby Broccoli Italian Mafia thing, apparently. I can't remember if he was bribed with one at some point. Hey, yo, whoa, whoa! Hey, capiche, a little, little bit uh, on the down low, <laughs> eh? Not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, fair enough, yeah. Oh, or maybe it of... was like, a, sort of like a finger up at the guy who had the rights to use Blofeld and wasn't letting them have it. I don't know quite because he, it, he it, wanted he wanted to sell him the rights for the amount of money it costs for his delicatessen in stainless steel. Maybe. Who and Cubby was like, "Are you crazy? That's like space age materials. I can't afford that." Has <laughs> Cubby Broccoli yeah. just got a bit of a weird sense of humor, and like he'll he'll allow himself one indulgence every film. <laughs> That's just like a really weird in joke. It's it's a very it's a weird in joke for quite a prominent well, that's moment. It. It's like, a very line. prominent moment. It's, yeah. If you want to put something in the background, fair enough, but uh, yeah. Anyway, and then Bond drops him down a chimney stack, which isn't a very dignified end no, it's for not. what supposedly Bond's nemesis. Does he have a does he have a little one-liner quip after he does that? He says like, keep your hair smoking. on. Smoking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god. I've got to say they really missed the trick by not having the noise of a thud and like a little puff of smoke come out afterwards. <laughs> they do have like a clatter, I think. <laughs> Mr. Bond! And then there's like a crash. <laughs> yeah, so that's just the opening sequence. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the rest of the film. No, uh, it doesn't even have a fake Bond death or anything. Well, actually, it might do. We'll, we'll get into this a bit later on, though. Um, yeah, are we going? Well, actually, are we going through it scene by scene, or should we just hop around? I so. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stop being able to follow what's happening at a certain point. I mean, like cards on the table. <laughs> I really did not like this film. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's not one of my favorites, actually. I I tried rewatching it the other day, and I act I literally fell asleep during the rewatch and I didn't rewind when I woke up ten minutes later when they were finished skiing. <laughs> so I might have missed it. It's not one bit. of my favourites, I'll say. Well, I, I, we we our our record got delayed by a week, so I watched this over a week ago. So I yeah, I'm struggling to remember anything about oh, it. To be <laughs> well, be right. You'll remember the song. It's one of the nope. more iconic songs. Nope. Oh. Your eyes only. I could I mean I honestly couldn't remember anything about the song at all, apart from the fact Alan just did a bit of it. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right tune. Oh, okay, well, I don't. No, I don't remember it at all. Then I remember Blondie's uh, rejected song, which was much better. Don't look over my 
yes, I quite like that one actually. Yeah. The plot <laughs> the plot kicks off when a British um, vessel uh, containing a MacGuffin. It's called an ATAC, and it's like a. It's Does it also of... contain a lot of scenes? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm, anyway, all the uh, all the crew on board <laughs> die. So, there's some semen on, on the deck. <laughs> the uh, the crew are killed. Uh, hang on, hang on. The what? The, the semen. <laughs> <laughs> are the semen salty? <laughs> <laughs> they are because the seawater floods in when the mine hits the thing. All the salty semen get drowned. Oh, God. And so it's up for the it's up to James Bond to recover this device uh, before the the Russians do. I, I I've made a note here, and I mean this I really cannot remember this, so this probably I'm just going to mention it, and hopefully you guys will know what I'm on about. Uh, my note is a salty seaman with a parrot who looks like James Nesbitt gets shot. Ah, yes. Not the parrot looks like James Nesbitt. The man looks like <laughs> James Nesbitt. Well, that is, in a separate incident in the opening of the film, um, the uh, Havelock couple um, are shot dead aboard their yacht uh, in front of their 20-something There's more semen being spilled. Well, he's a marine archaeologist, but he does have a parrot. On a boat. On a boat, he's a seaman. A marine archaeologist. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) No, I I I think... uh, I'll cop to it being marine archaeologist semen, but... um... (laughs) Still semen. Hmm. Anyway, my grammar's not my grammar's not quite right here, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Bend over backwards to make the joke work. Anyway, twenty-somethings girl's parents die, and she vows revenge. So that's that's another plot beat here. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, Carol Bouquet as Melina Havelock? She's the she's Bond the girl main the Bond girl, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, she's very <laughs> sort of. Classically attractive at the time, she was she was a model or something rather than an actor. Mm. I think she was actually, yeah. I think she was like, um, yeah, some kind of luxury clothing line, as a lot of them often are. Yeah, yeah. no, no, she's fine, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, she's no, no opinions. <laughs> so I, 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 I think that someone. Uh, this film is notable because the screenplay is by uh, Richard Maybaum, who wrote quite a few of the previous Bond films, but also Michael G. Wilson, who is Cubby Broccoli's stepson. Oh. At this point. Hey, yo! Hey! Keep it in the family! Hey, it's Wilson <laughs> over here! Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> I'm sorry, Wilson! That, I, that one's Tom Hanks, who's I also think... a salty seaman when, uh, <laughs> when, he, when he loses Wilson. I think you can tell that someone someone fresh has come into the process with their, like, you know, someone a bit younger who perhaps went to a class or two about screenwriting. Because with, <laughs> with, with her, they actually do try to give her something of a character arc. There is, like, an attempt at a character journey here because she wants revenge for the, you know, her dead parents. And that's a running thing through the film. Bond uh, confuses me with his. They they have a scene together where they're in a hotel room and she's talking about like, oh, I'm gonna get this guy who uh, ordered the death of my parents. And Bond has some like little haiku or something about revenge and how it's not good. And if you set out for revenge, you must dig two graves and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem revenge. very Bondian. Especially at the start of the film, he does take revenge <laughs> on the man who murdered his wife. Maybe so that's I... the whole point. He's feeling kind of like empty about the whole experience of murdering. Blofeld, and he's just like, oh, do you know? What? I wish they'd have done something with that if that was going to be uh. the intention. But no, yeah. they, they ding don't. dong. <clears throat> oh, oh, God. oh, who is it this time? 
Hello lads, it's me. Just popped in to share revenge as a dish best served at exactly 98.2 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius. <laughs> Alright lads. Oh, th- thank thank yeah, well you, Japanese done. Bond. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what, lads? Whilst I'm here... No, let's, I, I do like one-liner, Japanese Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I should just go. Well, I'm here, shall I, uh, shall, I, shall I plug the old uh, Patreon, dim- diminishing returns? Okay, be uh, quick, though. Right. We don't well, wanna, I just wanted to say <laughs> special thanks to... Uh, oh, shit, which one's the new lad? We've not thanked BG yet, have we? BG, we haven't thanked BG. Right, thanks BG. Brian Gibb. Barry no, Gibb. big giant, big giant, but he's not friendly, that's what I say. <laughs> All right. Also, I hear a certain someone, a certain someone right here maybe, started their own potato, potato, potato. yeah. It's why, the Irish version <laughs> of Patreon. <laughs> why are you doing, like, the birthday entertainer's <laughs> voice? It's somebody's new Patreon. Calvin, you've started a Patreon account. Oh, oh am I allowed to plug that here? Of course. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Calvin Dyson, and you can uh, donate on there and gain access to early videos, and um, yes, also judge, vote on a poll of what other spy movies I'm going to be reviewing on the channel outside of Bond. Mm. Now, Calvin, I heard a rumour that you're going to spend your Patreon money on drugs, is that true? Yes. (laughs) Yes, good, excellent. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it should be spent on. (laughs) Saul's insisting on spending hours on web costs and, and things like that. It was twat. <laughs> uh, good. Okay, good. Calvin Dyson on Patreon. And then little dim returns there as well. How much are you charging? Two, two dollars. Two dollars. Whoa, that is twice as much as you get a lot more from a, a weekly podcast. Well, you know what they say, lads. You get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Alright, see you lads. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, lads. Sayonara, sayonara. Yes, yeah. I've, I've, I've not made reference to being Japanese for a while, so I've had to off that. Always lovely to get a visit from him. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Shame you always have to disappear whenever he comes over, Sol. I'm still, I'm still here. I just go quiet. I just love listening to him. Love hearing what he's got to say. If you're a new listener to the show, just move on. <laughs> 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 Oh dear! Well, I just know. Salty I, was just, I, I was just looking at. I just pulled this up on IMDb, and I've really f- just seen that one of the actors is called Michael Gotthard. Uh, <laughs> oh no, really? Is, I thought that was gonna. I thought it was a character name when I first looked at it. <laughs> but uh, there uh, you go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Lois Maxwell as well. But uh, <laughs> that's just a rumor. <laughs> She's looking a little bit long in the tooth here, isn't she? Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think that. I did think, oh, God, she's getting a bit... How long has she got left? very flattering. Two more films. What's that, four years? (laughs) Yeah. She's barely... She's not even in this one, is she? Uh, She's in this one more than she was in the previous two. She's got Mm. that little um, fold-out mirror thing in her filing cabinet, and then she puts on some makeup and... yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I must have blacked out for a while. I don't remember that. Do you fall asleep as well? There's a whole there's a whole bit at MI6 where Bond spends a lot of time. Like he goes to Q Branch and they've got like one of those identikit things where you say like, "Oh, he had a big nose." Oh and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's like fucking uh, guess who. <laughs> <laughs> 
And my favourite bit is when, I, I guess this must have been something that in editing, like they're doing it for a while and they've got their jackets on and then there's a cut and Q's assistant comes in with some teas and coffees and it's like empty outside and they've got their jackets off as if they've been there for hours. And I wonder if at one point we did fade out and then fade back in. As <laughs> this took them like an entire night to do. Uh. Well, there, there, there wasn't... The, this is what the thing about this film was. It was quite slow and boring. There wasn't a lot of plot. Um, not a lot of plot. There's too much plot, but none of it's very interesting. Yeah, okay. Not a lot of plot that I actually took on board. They, mm. They're chasing <laughs> some sort of little computer thing that is some sort of coding device. I, I never quite understood what it was, but I don't think it mattered. It was just a thing that they had to get. It's just a MacGuffin. But this one's quite low stakes, really, when you compare it to other Bond adventures. Like, there's no million... Like, they, they, they are trying to do a more grounded Cold War yeah. spy thriller yeah. here. Um, well. Like, it, the, the villain is very bland. It's Julian Glover, who I think is a very fine actor, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, not one of the uh, memorable ones, is he? Correct me, right? He, he's not a villain at the beginning, and then he sort of does a turn, doesn't he? No, no, so no. Bo- he's he's always a villain, but he presents himself but as Bond a, an ally. Bond thinks he's a mate, and then yeah, and they think that Topol. We're supposed to think that Topol is a baddie. Topol, <laughs> tradition, tradition. <laughs> that's all I know. He was a friend of the broccolis, I think. I think that's why he got the, the job. <laughs> It pays to be a friend of the broccolis, actually. You do get a lot of uh, extra work. Hey, all the broccoli you can eat. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then there's uh, BB Dahl, who is the young ice skater girl. And my, my first note was, oh, God, I hope they don't get Bond to shag this young ice dancer because she looked so much younger than Roger Moore. <laughs> like, she is. She's only, like, 20 or something, is the actor. Yeah. But, and then it was there was some real... And, and I mean, I've got nothing against a, an older man with a younger woman, believe me, but there was something very creepy about this. Uh, and they seem to self-consciously keep Bond away. Oh yeah, he has no interest in sleeping with her at Which all. Which I was very happy about, and I was very kind of surprised in, in many ways as well. In fact, mm. there was very little shagging in this at all. The the shagging with the, the other woman was pretty much just tacked on at the end. There was no kind of effort to yeah. make that feel natural or organic well, yeah it, correct me if i'm wrong but is this part of the roger moore thing they kind of moved away from him being a a, a sex pest as it Sa- went on because it became well, uh, it became more of a family friendly when he was 58 years franchise old. sort of i mean they still make him sleep with them is the problem at the end <laughs> i think in the in the next film in octopussy i think he has a more age-appropriate bond girl so it's not weird but in this and cer- certainly in his last film well you couldn't call it octopussy and then not have a bit of sex in it <laughs> but the but main girl it's... the main girl in this I, th- I didn't think anything of that yeah she's a lot younger but i just sort of took that on the chin but the ice dancer girl it's because she looks so much younger and she's playing this very innocent kind of I was going to say, yeah. wide eyed, naive. And, and she's really like into him and trying to shag him, and he has to like push her away. But I, I kind of like that at least they didn't uh, have him shag her at the end or anything. So that was something. Yeah. Although, yeah. why think... she wants to shag him, I have no idea. Well, because her dad <laughs> has abandoned her, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I do like that bit when she sexually assaults him, uh, <laughs> Dolan's him. Uh, I've got a quiz which would fit in really well here. Because mm-hmm. this quiz, it's not a, it's not particularly Bond related actually. It's um, but the name of the quiz is Would you like to Roger Moore? <laughs> <laughs> oh <Right>. God! So <laughs> basically, I've I've you know picked some of the famous uh, coxmen of Hollywood. Um, coxman? Yes, coxman. Would you like to Charles dance? 
he's on he's on the credits. <laughs> oh, he is actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah he doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, I've picked some of the classic classic uh, philanderers of Hollywood. So Ooh, I'm going to give you a description of who they are, and you you got to guess who they are, basically. Okay. Well, hopefully it won't be too difficult. I want to I want to give a quick credit though, because <clears throat> I googled it and basically trying to find out like information about Hollywood Lotharios. So I found an art, an article entitled "Top 30 All-Time Hollywood Lotharios," written by Alan Royal on FilmStarFacts.com, hmm. and I got a lot of information from him. So I want to give it a little bit of credit. Jack Nicholson's going to be one of them. Well, we'll see about that. Okay, so I'll basically... I've just written down some information about them, and hopefully it won't be too easy. Okay, first one. Okay. Ready? You can just shout yep. out or whatever. It's not really... James Bond. I want the points to <laughs> recorded. A dashing action star who is infamous for plowing his way through the men and women of golden age Hollywood. Rock yeah. Hudson. He, he was known for throwing sex parties, and the rooms of his home were filled with two-way mirrors and peepholes. In 1942, his carefully cultivated image was tarnished when he was accused of the statutory rape of two 17-year-old girls. Despite being acquitted, his career was never quite the same, and he drifted further into alcoholism and drug use. From then on, it was a race to see which would give up first, his heart or his liver. He died at age 50. Um, Any ideas? Men and women. Uh, Yes, he liked them all. He was just in the 40s. It wasn't Cary Grant. He was mostly the 30s, no. Action star? Yeah, a swashbuckler. Errol Flynn? Errol Flynn is correct. Yes, well done. Oh, wow, I didn't realise he was bisexual. I'll give you some extra information. He's been played on film as a character. He's been played by Guy Pearce, Jude Law, and Kevin Kline. Yes, Kevin Kline in Chaplin, I believe. Uh, Kevin Kline, no, it was a film a couple of years ago about Errol Flynn when he was sort of at the end of his life. Oh, shit. No, sorry, he was Douglas Fairbanks in Chaplin. Yeah, ah, but yeah, very close. Same thing. Uh, okay, I'll give you an extra point, Calvin, if you can tell me what his connection to Bond is. That's Ooh, quite a terrible Flynn. One, but it's just a little information that was on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he like owned property in Jamaica. No, no. And, it's a very tenuous link. But yes, apparently... Was he the inspiration for some like no. weird affectation Bond has no. Apparently, the character played by Timothy Dalton in The Rocketeer is based upon him. Oh. Mm. That's very obscure, yes. That's a very, very (laughs) connection. Yeah, as well, you know. Okay, next one. Calvin got that one. This is uh, a second-generation Hollywood brat. Uh, He enjoys notoriety far beyond his talent or career achievements. Charlie Sheen. It's Charlie Sheen. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay, Sol... Calvin will definitely mm. know this one, so this is for you, Sol. What is mm. Charlie Sheen's connection to the world of James Bond? Uh, the the movie where James Bond goes to Q, Q goes, pay attention, 007. This is a vial of tiger blood. <laughs> <laughs> Simply inject this and you'll become a total fucking rock star from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, his connection to Bond. Did he sleep with a Bond woman. <laughs> he did, yes. He, I, I was hoping for something more specific, but you are correct. Is this the connection? Yeah. Or is this just a, a side thing? Oh, okay. It was Honor Blackman. <laughs> Saul doesn't know who that is. <laughs> go, on, go on, Calvin. Tell, tell us uh, who it was. His wife, or ex-wife, rather, is Denise Richards, who is the Bond girl oh. in The World Is Not Enough. Can't remember if they were married at the time. Uh, I don't know. They have two children together, though. I know that much. Mm. Okay, next one. Probably the most famous coxman in Hollywood history. Uh, many of his previous partners have complained of his incessant need for sex. Biographers claim he has slept with over 12,000 women. 
Uh, so I'll just I'll list some for you, some of his more high-profile conquests. Is this one Jack Nicholson? No. Joan no. Collins, Diane Keaton, Natalie Wood, Goldie Hawn, Britt Eklund, Cher, Jane Fonda, Bridget Bardot, Faye Dunaway, Princess Margaret. Uh, Are you sure it's not Jack Nicholson? Barbara Streisand. <laughs> they shared a lot. Carly Simon. Barbara Streisand? Madonna. That's two, oh. two people who've been in Bond films that he's shagged. That's a Bond connection for you. Good Lord. Uh, he's been nominated for 14 Academy Awards. Is it definitely not Jack Nicholson? <laughs> yes. His older sister is Shirley MacLaine. She's also a noted actor and uh, philanderer as well. I didn't know that she had a brother who was famous. Oh, yes. He's been married to Annette Benning since 1992 and may well have been faithful since then. Did all Warren Beatty? It's Warren Beatty! No Warren way! Beatty. I didn't know that. I barely even, I barely even know who Warren Beatty is. He screwed up famous. the um, best picture thing, the La La Land... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. him, was it, though? Well, he was Wasn't one it? of the two who was there, yeah. Oh. He yeah. wasn't the one who read it out, though, to be to give him credit. The next one. This actor was once described by Veronica Cartwright as funny, charming, and capable of maintaining an erection for hours on end. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Cartwright said that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That's what I got from uh, this article I read. Does that mean that she <laughs> slept with him during the filming of Witches of Eastwick? Uh, can only assume so. He's... Shag anybody. Mm. Yeah. You get a lot of downtime on a on a film set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. An international superstar who liked his ladies young. He married four times with increasing age gaps. He once had to take his pregnant 15-year-old girlfriend to Mexico to get a quick wedding. So yes, it's Charlie Chaplin. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, okay, last one. Although he fathered somewhere between 11 and 15 children that he knew of, yeah. this actor liked to bed men just as well as women. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Generally considered a great sex symbol, despite having a potato-like face, and <laughs> considered to be one of the world's greatest actors, despite never learning his lines and mumbling through every performance. Oh, Marlon Brando. It's Marlon Brando. Well done. He had, he had a million kids. Uh, I didn't know that. A lot of kids, yeah. He had a lot of kids like out of wedlock and a lot of abortions as well, and he adopted three kids as well. You know, wow! Yeah, so um, I bet he was a very selfish lover. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, well, that's it. I believe. Well, I gave Calvin at least five there, if not six, out of the seven. So uh, I think I think I am, I got two at most. You got yeah. Jack, you did get Jack Nicholson. I'll give you that mm, uh, sort of high, sympathy but... uh, vote. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I'll say five two to Calvin. <laughs> okay, well, that was a little quiz there. We can go back to the. Oh, that was good fun. <laughs> now back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. So none of us, eat, none of us like actually like this film by the sounds Obviously of it. Obviously not. <laughs> but I mean, if you didn't like it, Calvin, then we're <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens here? Oh, the um, even the drunk Some man skin. doesn't get a decent close up. He reappears. No, you know the the you. guy that looked at the bottle in the previous yeah, two Bond yeah. films. Yeah, he's there. Did you spot him? Nope. Yeah, no, he's you barely, you barely even notice him. He doesn't even look at the, the bottle. He just looks yeah. up and he has a hold of a glass of wine. <laughs> There's something about this film, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know like what format you viewed this on, but this and the next four Bond films have a certain kind of... And I'm not sure if it's the film like stock that they used or what but it looks cheap to me it looked the lighting there's something about the cinematography and after the previous two bond films which i think are incredibly well photographed and quite lavish like they look expensive this just looks kind of low budget to me even though it is it does it does feel yeah it has the feel of a film where 
a franchise where the budget's been slashed because the last one didn't do very well and they had to come back on the cheap. It does feel This that is way. it. The last one did incredibly well and until, I think it was the Pierce Brosnan films, Moonraker was the most profitable film of the lot. Even accounting for inflation now, I think it's like well up there. Yeah. Calvin, I, I have another sort of quiz for you. <laughs> but you just, oh, okay. you just reminded me of something because you asked what format we watched it on. So I, I just remembered that the DVD I got it on, which I obviously got in a charity shop. Um, <laughs> and in it, it had it had all the documents in that that the film comes with. Uh, no, oh, but the this, James Bond passport. No, it's not that one. That was the the last one I had. But this came with this little leaflet, and it says, uh, "Win an Aston Martin for a year, <laughs> runner up prizes, including exclusive Aston Martin performance driving days." Not win an Aston Martin. Win an Aston Martin for a year. Yes, that's pathetic. Do you know how much they cost? That's the shittest prize. <laughs> but this you was, do know I won that, This right? competition, well, I was going to say, this competition closed on in February 2007, so I'm afraid you're too late, Calvin. You, you will have to travel back in time to win I this came competition. You came 007. What? You mean you won one of seven exclusive Aston Martin performance driving days worth over £1,000 each? Yes, I did, but I couldn't go because I hadn't um, been I had a driving licence for five years or <laughs> so my dad had to go instead. <laughs> Excellent. So but I saw great this day. and I thought of you, Calvin, because of that story. Actually, that was a really good... Oh, did you remember? Is that why oh, you yeah, brought it yeah, up? Of course I did. Oh. Yeah. Um, so do you know what edition I've got? Yes, Colin? you have the ultimate edition. <laughs> I love knows just from that. <laughs> I believe it'll be the two-disc one if it's got the leaflet. It is, I've got a feature film and special oh, features. Can you, you can tell me what's the in the leaflet? I didn't watch it, I have it available on a disc. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me what's in the little leaflet then? How, how, how in-depth is your knowledge of it? Uh, oh, I can't, the, the little booklet that has like some notes from the production yeah. and stuff. Oh, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> well, I'm very impressed. What are the special edition? What are the uh, special features on this edition? Well, you have two audio commentaries, I believe, maybe even three. One of With them his... is just Roger Moore by himself. Newly uh, recorded it... audio commentary featuring Sir Roger Moore. Is it very? Is that very tired? Uh, no, he just sort of. <laughs> He just sort of rambles on for two hours. He barely even talks about the films themselves. And then he just like talks yeah, about... talking about faux gras. But pretty much, yeah. He's... Oh, no, he doesn't like that. He doesn't eat faux gras. Oh, no, I know. Is he, not, is he not criticising it for two hours? He talks a lot about UNICEF. <laughs> Telling and... people to go down to the post office. <laughs> they offer a good Go service. to Tesco's. <laughs> uh... Yeah, yeah. And then there'll be a, a, a making of documentary. I believe there's an extra featurette on that one, but I can't remember what exactly. This isn't interesting for anyone to listen to. Why are we talking about Because this? I find it very fascinating, your in-depth knowledge of James Bond, and I think your fans will love it. They get all squealy yeah. about it, that you know everything. Do you, want me, do you want me to save this Aston Martin leaflet for you as a little memory? I've got 20 <laughs> of them already. <laughs> Of course I have the Ultimate Edition DVDs, Alan, as well as the Special Edition ones. How how did you, to, to win that competition, what did you have to do? Just Did you have to like write something, or was it just send a number? No, each, each, each of these leaflets that um, like Alan mentioned has a code on it, and you would go to a website and put in this code, and each code would allow you one turn at this James Bond quiz where you had to answer seven James Bond questions in the quickest time. Right. So did yes, you have then, 20 goes at it? Uh, I believe I did, technically, yes, but my highest score was 7th. No, actually, I, th- I believe at top on the leaderboard I was 3rd, and then I got, like, 
knocked down a bit, but it was one of those things where I'm sure some people created some kind of algorithm that meant they didn't have to... Because the only time it took me was, like, to literally move the mouse and click. Yeah. Um, so... We have a car chase, which is quite nice in the little uh, yellow. You know, I'm, uh, is there anything that you guys think is worth talking about? <laughs> I could, I could Do you know what I know? Well, right. I'll tell you what I made I a did, note of. This is. I did. Sit it up and go. Bit, 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 yeah. It's my, that car bit like, was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you go. Okay, well, I know... I'm not following for it. Well, I noticed, I did uh, make a note that this is like the Winter Olympics bond. Uh, yes. So was like, I know the Winter Olympics was the year before this. Was was this the first time that the Winter Olympics were like a big thing in America or something? Uh, uh, was there some reason know. why they kind of tagged on to, oh, let's have a Winter Olympics theme? Well, the uh, another thing I noticed is that Charles Dance didn't speak, uh, which is just a total waste. Well, he, this was one of his first roles. Who needs to speak when you can dance, Alan? That's <laughs> what well, bees know. Bees know this. Yeah. Um, the other thing was... Oh, so there's quite a lot of underwater scenes uh, when they're diving. What was weird about those those underwater scenes were... It, they had all the... They had wider shots of two people who obviously weren't the actors. And then close-ups on the actors... But then her hair, they had it like over her face for the wide shots to cover that it wasn't really her. And then it cut to a close-up and she'd have it all nicely pushed back. We know Uh, that she had problems with diving, so they didn't actually film any of the shots of like her underwater. It was all just uh, slow motion. I was going to say, they don't look like they're underwater in those close-ups. It looks like they've got a Mm. thing with making bubbles. uh, And... It just didn't. It just looked weirdly like they weren't underwater at all, and I couldn't quite figure out what it was if they were just sort of blowing her hair about. But yeah, apparently uh, I was correct. Then there you go. Um, so yeah, so she couldn't go underwater. Is she hydrophobic. Yeah, there was something something like that. Um, I think it was uh, yeah something to do with sinuses. <laughs> but I, I I think they did it quite well. Uh, and then there's a scene where they're underwater. She just inexplicably takes off her oxygen tank and leaves it. So they swim oh, yeah. to the top. So. Seemed like a really weird thing to do. But then later on, they just happen to be underwater with no oxygen and need oxygen quickly, which is just ha- happy to happy chance that she left her oxygen tank there several hours earlier. Good, good writing. Well, I think, that, you know, because it, it, that kind of um, the area that she was um, diving around, it was like right below her boat. So maybe, you know, she's paranoid. Her parents just got shot on their like home. So... So yeah, maybe I'd keep oxygen tanks in uh, <laughs> places. Do oxygen tanks not float? No, they're very heavy. Uh. Well, I want I wanted to talk about um, a, a real Hollywood staple, uh, which uh, is one of those things that exists only in Hollywood and not in real life, and that is um, a parrot that is <laughs> either completely sentient of what it's saying. <laughs> Or, like, can actually have conversations with people. Or remembers everything that's ever said to it and will repeat back at a convenient time. As opposed to real parrots who are trained to say specific noises because you give them a bit of seed when they do it. (laughs) Fuck off! (laughs) Fuck off! It's convenient that this one picked up that very... Ding dong! 
Oh, look, it's foul mouth parrot. <laughs> Wanker! <laughs> Fuck off! Yeah, okay. So, Cut. yeah, the parrot has a big uh, plot point. Yes, it, it gives Bond his next location to go to St. Cyril's Monastery. <laughs> uh, and then he has to rock climb up the side of the uh, the thing. Apparently, the, uh, the monks that actually inhabited... Uh, this monastery were very unhappy that the Bond crew were choosing to film uh, it. So they put like <laughs> well, they a load of... didn't have the power to stop it as people <laughs> live there. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? Protest non-violently. What are you, you going to do? you going to chant, sit and chant. That would fuck the sound up, though. Well, as if as if Bond movies are concerned with getting good on-set <laughs> foley, good clear audio recordings of their actors. They took out like bed sheets and uh, put it all over like the rooftops of the monastery. Um, so most of the shots of it are like a model, I think, and there's just a few long shots that are um, yeah the actual thing. I like that scene where Bond has to go rock climbing up the side of the. the that was thing. an alright scene, actually. Yeah. It was it was one of the few bits where I sort of sat up and went, okay, I think I kind of get the appeal of this Bond bit here. This is mm. like, yeah, yeah, it was mm. all right. Not as good as Mission Impossible 2, but... Uh... <laughs> I also want to talk about another um, bit, uh, Roger Moore's Bond. There's a point where there's been a guy uh, throughout the film called Locke, who's one of the assassin guys, the guy with the hexagonal glasses. Locke? And... That's Michael Got Hard. Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a point where Bond has chased him and the villain is like perched on the edge of a cliff in a car. And uh, Roger Moore goes up and kicks the car in cold blood. Yeah, that blood didn't and... work very well, did it? Cause... Well, I was wanting to ask like how you felt about that. Because Roger Moore was really against doing it. And they filmed it a number of ways. It really doesn't play properly because he he, he chucks something to him, doesn't he? He chucks the yes, key he has a little or something. Pin. So... It that that scene feels like it's meant to be. He chucks the pin at the guy, and then the weight of the pin yeah. is what like sets him over the edge, and that's meant to be this kind of wry little James Bond gag. That's what Roger Moore wanted, yeah. And then it, and then having him kick it, it's like it's like Bond tried to do something cool and it didn't work, and he goes, <laughs> "Shit, I've got to fuck." And he's like panicking and has to kick. It's like he really loses his cool, and it just doesn't play <laughs> very well. Mm. Mm. Um, so I'm not opposed to it for like any kind of oh James Bond can't kill in cold blood you know I, I'm not opposed to any sort of reasons like that that I feel like maybe Roger Moore might have taken issue with it but mm. Mm. I just think it it doesn't play with the kind of cool jokey sophistication that I think Roger Moore's Bond is striving for I just don't think it meshes with the whole thing he's trying to teach Melina about revenge because he takes issue with that guy because he killed the uh, Liverpoolian countess earlier on. So mm. he's very much taking out revenge. But, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so, James Bond, morally elusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, do you want to talk about the end? Wanker! Quickly check my notes. Uh, no, yeah, this really, really isn't... Um, I like the scene where they're dragged behind the boat. That's from Live and Let Die, the book. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that was... Idea. That was a kind of a weird thing. It worked. They're smashing him against the coral and stuff. It was quite vicious. It felt yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, Sean Connery doing that would have worked. But Roger Moore, <laughs> like, being quite a hard man, though, does still. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I did think mm-hmm. that. Yeah, there were a few points where I really did pick up on the sort of... Oh, yeah, this this... 
just doesn't quite work without Sean Connery's like hard bruteness about him. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think that the director was yeah they were definitely trying to go for a harder edge thing. Yeah. But again, after you establish Roger Moore as not that in the previous two films, it, the soft edge. I don't know. Things get back to normal, I think, on the next one. But we'll see what you think. Back to basics. A little reference to uh, British politics. Setting up the next bit we're going to talk about, perhaps. Who was that an impression of? Oh, right, yes! John John Major. <laughs> this is pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Bond saves the day, doesn't he? Um, well, he doesn't actually. He just, they, I mean, they get this ATAC device, this MacGuffin thing. Yeah. He beats the Soviets to it, and then they turn up and want him to hand it over, so he chucks it off a cliff, so no one gets it. Well, that was it. I, I did put a note. Like, why didn't he just blow it up when he first found it? Like, because they actually, they take it out of the ship that they blow up. You yeah. know what I mean? Why don't they just leave it there if they're going to destroy it as good as anything? Mm. Well, I, I don't think the the plan was to destroy it. I think that he only did that because the Russians Russia were going to take it. The Russians. Yeah. yeah, he's just winging it. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah, I really wasn't, like, focusing on the plot at all in this film. So he destroys the thing that they're after, and for some reason that warrants a personal phone call with the Prime Minister mm. in an incredibly out of reality scene, I suppose, where they have a Margaret Thatcher impersonator. So did you guys know that... Well, you is... think bringing, a, bringing an eminent politician into the fray for no reason breaks the reality of uh, what they're creating there? Ding dong! Ding dong! <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, guys! It's me, Bill! Oh, God. <laughs> it's a bad impersonation of Bill Clinton again. Yeah, this last week. Nice to meet you, Calvin. I don't believe we met. No, we haven't, Bill. Hello, how are you? Uh, Yes, we have a Margaret uh, Thatcher-like character called the Prime Minister. Mm. But then (laughs) um, the husband... Oh, hello, Mr. Bond. Hello, Mr. Bond. Dennis! And then a guy comes in and gurns. Yeah. Yeah, And he gurns at the camera. Like, looking directly at camera. (laughs) Yeah, but you guys are too young, right, to remember this. But that's what Dennis Thatcher did. He just sort of, like, (laughs) stood next to Margaret Thatcher and... (laughs) He was like... He was like the Stan Laurel of the band. (laughs) He's a bit of a comedy figure. It's it's interesting, isn't it? The... the, um, The cultural influences that the Bond movies took. Obviously, you know, there was... Uh, was it the previous one took on a load of influence from Jaws and uh, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me? Yeah, yeah, and the, the the one before that was it took a load of influence from Star Wars. Uh, Moonraker, yes. So it's interesting that in this one they went for like broad hack ITV comedy. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Spitting Image had started yet, but um, well, I I looked up. The, the the actor there and it's Janet Brown. She is a comedy comedian, isn't she? Well, she's, she's like an impressionist. An impressionist. She was an impressionist. Yeah. She was on Mike Yarwood and all that sort of thing. She did Margaret Thatcher, yeah. So yeah, you know. But I did look up uh, the the guy playing Dennis Thatcher as well, and he is he's just one of those kind of British. But I, I mean, I recognise him from sitcoms and stuff. He's one of those people who pops up in things. But when I looked him up, he is apparently he is in the nineteen sixty seven version of Casino Royale. Oh, as Q's assistant. Interesting. It, it's very... Uh, I don't know what possessed them to do this in a film that they were deliberately trying to not do with any <laughs> silly jokes and yeah. have it give it a more grounded uh, yeah, feel. But, well, yeah. I, to say I think it's the silliest joke in the franchise to date. <laughs> more than the double-take pigeon. 
Yeah, it's more it's more prolonged and ground like world breaking. Yeah, but we haven't yeah. we haven't even mentioned that Margaret Thatcher is actually speaking to a parrot. A foul mouth. Oh, yes. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wanker! <laughs> what, what's that, Bond? Call me a wanker? Oh! I think that that's the joke that Margaret Thatcher's talking to a parrot. Not just talking to a parrot, like flirting with a parrot. <laughs> I, I suppose she'll have been uh, quite a prominent figure in news and such at this point in history. Yeah, she'll she'll have just been elected, so... I think it might have been a bit too early, but the, the person who was the main Margaret Thatcher impersonator was a guy called Steve Nallen, who did the spinning <laughs> image voice, but he also made quite a good physical rendition of Margaret Thatcher as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's played Margaret Thatcher like in person on a few things, and I was hoping it was going to be him when it turned around, but... Well, there's another funny actor name in this film that I haven't mentioned yet. The guy who plays Apostis. Is right. that his name? Apostis. Oh, I'm going to have to... He's called, uh, he's called Jackloff. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack off, Jack off, Jack Claff, Jack Claff, <laughs> Jack Claff. Mm. He's very minor. I don't even know if I. Another Bond film. <sighs> Wait, Calvin. Now I, I happen to know that just recently on your YouTube channel, you, you did an all new James Bond film rankings. Oh uh, yes, I did. Did you watch it? Yes. Oh, that's nice. It's available now on YouTube. At it is Calvin Dyson Bond reviewer. Yes. Uh, yes. So that was the first time you'd ranked them in several in a years. while. Yes. But where did For Your Eyes Only come on that list? Oh, I I'm gonna have to look. It Lower was quite middle, near the say. bottom. Yeah. Oh, it was towards the bottom. Yeah, it was like one of the. It was certainly my lowest. Oh no, it was it my lowest? Roger Moore. I don't think it was. One sec. I'm just having a look now. Oh wow! It actually went up in the ranking from last time. It was at Ugh. number sixteen. Ooh. Number sixteen. I put it above from Russia with Love. Is that sixteen from the? Top or sixteen from the bottom? Uh, sixteen from the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our purposes, Calvin, we need a t- out of ten rating. So, what would you like to give it for the well, diminishing returns score? I guess six out of ten. Oh yeah. I mean, I gave it a five. Um, I'm not even sure what that's based. What's that based on? Because I think I just phased out a bit. I I feel like I've been in quite good spirits this record to say that I. Hated this film. <laughs> no, like, rewatching it made me really angry. I just started to get like, for f- like, why am I watching this shit again and again? I hate it again. <laughs> this awful film. I'd already done this, and I've got to watch this shit again. It's so bad. <laughs> it's really bad. So I bumped it down from a five to a four. Oh Ooh. dear, because it is. It's a really shit film. It's really bad. So it's currently my second least favourite, but um, oh. Thunderball is still below it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have hopes for Octopussy. I think you'll like Octopussy Soul. It's one of my favourites, anyway. Well, I, have, I have seen Octopussy, I think, haven't I? Or is that the one I haven't seen yet? That's the one where Roger Moore dresses up as a clown. I, I'm looking forward to getting to Timothy Dalton. I've, I've been reading about how he was, like, the... The gritty one. He went on personal revenge missions. So that, that sounds interesting. Well, I'm one looking of them, forward to Grace Jones. I'm really looking forward to seeing what yeah to talking about. Have you to a kill with you both? But next time we have Octopussy, which I hope will be enjoyable. I think I think so. I think you'll actually quite like that one. It's got a yeah. nice sort of Indiana Jones vibe to it, and good locations, and yeah. Yes. All right. And more your cup of tea. 
We're getting close to to films I haven't seen before at all here. Ooh. Yeah, which is exciting. The, yeah. In so, fact, there's so. only one left, and then we're in new territory. Wow. Great. So. Oh yeah, should we? What would you do if you were doing a sequel <laughs> to Fear Your Eyes Only? Uh, for <laughs> this is going to be the most enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> for someone else's eyes as well. All right. <laughs> uh, so. I propose... Sitcom. <laughs> James Bond opens up a delicatessen in stainless steel. <laughs> and it's just about the day-to-day struggles of him. And he has a, he has a parrot in trying the to keep it Trying to keep it stainless. <laughs> yeah, M- Mrs. Thatcher keeps popping in. He keeps, he keeps being like, shit, Mrs. Thatcher's put an order in for 90 sandwiches. <laughs> 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 I've got to get ready. and It's the middle of the lunch rush. Oh. <laughs> Who would his... He'd have to have some staff with him. Jaws. Could he uh, hire... Yeah, yeah, he, chomp, he chomps down on the bread to, like, cut it. He cuts all the meat into thin slices with his teeth. <laughs> it's a health and safety nightmare. It? It's the 80s, what are you going to do? Jaws is a... Jaws is a good guy now. As you're still alive at the end of Moonraker, so that fits in with the canon. That's good. Yes. Blofeld's um, obviously bought the thing, so he he still pops in from time to oh, time. Oh, that's it. It's like, like it's like Robin's Nest, where uh, like the guy who owns it like pops in and says, "Oh, you've got to change this. You're losing too much money yeah. on this." And, and James Bond is like, "Don't tell me how to run my delicatessen." <laughs> <laughs> Shrek Bond. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> to get around the rights issues, he's just covered head to toe in bandages now because <laughs> he got dropped down that chimney. <laughs> and also, we can have a we can have a funny running bit where he's terrified of chimneys. <laughs> so whenever they want to get rid of him, Bond will like bring out a little like a cake that looks like a factory with a chimney, and I'll go oh, chimneys oh! and like run away, <laughs> wheel away. And we can never say his name either. Yeah, it's, it's we have to get boss. around that in some yeah, boss. Ah, yes, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, yeah. Did All you guys right. notice that M wasn't in this film? No. There's a no. new guy. Because the actor no. died. No, didn't so notice. they just didn't recast, they just had the chief of staff. No. Sorry, it just occurred to me then. He died and nobody noticed. James Is that Bond. it? James Bond. Wanker. <laughs> <laughs>